Syria Ah fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. I'm Chris with Marco. No Tad this week. He's on summer vacation. Ah, but summer's ending, Marco. Welcome back to the podcast for season three for you. How have you spent your summer, and uh, what are you looking forward to into the fall? Man, this was a beautiful summertime, but I have to say, it just went by way too fast. I uh, just got back from California Finally got some uh, summer rays, some beach, um, got my tan on, but I'm not going to be able to enjoy it for that much longer because, uh, like you said, summer's over. I am looking forward to some fall time. I really enjoy it when it's not 99% humidity in, in D.C. here. Uh, I'm, uh, I like the summer, man. I already miss it. I, as soon as August hits this time, people start thinking about fall coats and stuff. It's not my cup of tea. I'm uh, hopefully going down to the beaches down here uh, this this uh, weekend to get uh, the last taste of summer in my mouth, and then uh, it's time for um, pumpkin spice lattes, I guess. Oh, pumpkin spice lattes! I'm a big fan. I'm pretty basic <laughs> like that. Um, I'm not even gonna lie about it. I love that stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they could make it in July as well, but uh, that's marketing for you, right? Fall is here as soon as the coffee comes. I got to mention, too, the last taste of summer, I, I made limoncello, Marco. Have you ever made that as, uh, or anybody in your house ever make limoncello? You made it from scratch? From scratch, yep. It was the first time I've ever done it and uh, had my first taste of it this uh, past weekend. It is strong. I'll tell you what, Chris. Most guys down south are making moonshine. You're really just... You're you're just full out <laughs> Italian American it That's right. down there. Well done. I'm Italian right. American ing it. That's a hard thing to say right there. How are you guys doing? That's right. Uh, New Jersey is in the building. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yep. So uh, to uh, the podcast, man. Uh, we haven't gotten your view. ESPN. We've got just completely night and day coverage here. Uh, ESPN's got. Uh, uh, our games every week. What do you think so far, two weeks in? I mean, I love the coverage. Uh, I think the announcers could probably drink some coffee before, you know, going to the games. Or uh, Limoncello. Or Limoncello, <laughs> for sure. You know, not Dick Whittle. Dick Whittle's a legend. Uh, but again, I love the coverage. Super crisp streams. Uh, it's very easy to use and access on my mobile phone, which is not something that I was used to last year. Um, I will say this though, when I was looking at highlights and, and doing some research, I clicked on the top leagues button and Serie A was not in the drop down uh, on ESPNplus.com. Uh, so they need to work on that. If they're going to be streaming all the ESPN games, uh, at least fake it till you make it and put uh, Serie A in the top leagues uh, and maybe get a little bit more clicks. You know, Maybe that's called clickbait. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, a consensus there. ESPN loved the coverage. The pregame shows, the postgame shows, the narrative that they're talking about week in and week out are great. But uh, the announcers, just, other than Richard Whittle, just don't seem like they want to be there. I know uh, Matteo Bonetti, a lot of people like him as well. Uh, he, was, he had the big games this weekend. But uh, I don't know. I, I would love to have some personalities out there. We need uh, the Serie A Ray Hudson. We need... Uh, 
somebody out there who's just going to eat everything up for Syria and, and love every minute of it. I agree. I agree. Well, that's why we're doing this, right? We're casting. That's right. That's right. ESPN, you can call us anytime. We'll cover the games. No problem. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. Glad to have you back, Marco, on the podcast. We are going to skip the rundown this week because Tad is out of town. He's on vacation, so he'll be back next week. Looking forward to that. Uh, and we're just going to jump right into it. So we've got social media we want to remind everybody at. You can find Curve America on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, asroma360.com, curveamerica.com. Marco, it's your turn. Once they find us, what would we like them to do? Please just rate and comment. You know, Tell us a, a story, uh, how you met your significant other, uh, anything. You know, as long as you're leaving a rating, you can put whatever you want on our walls. All right. Keep it family friendly. But uh, yes, we would love to hear your comments, what you think of the podcast, what you think of Curve America. Be great to hear from all you Curve Americans and podcast Paisani out there. All right. That does it. Well, let's jump right into it, Marco. Week two is here. We're going to jump into the Champions League spots right off the bat. Up first, Marco, is your game. Juve versus OTFR, that other team from Rome. This one finished 2-0. Juve takes it. Marco, go ahead. Well, it's the Golden State Juventus off to a perfect start, as expected. I'll tell you what, this, it was 2-0. Uh, it got some really beautiful goals, especially from Pjanic with that half-volley slap from outside the 18. I'll tell you what, he's got a lot in that misshaped head of his. He's, he's truly a footballing genius. I love watching his flow. I loved it even more when he was at Roma. But I think the story here is still no Ronaldo goals. Just a ton of hype in the preseason. Ton of hype before every game. I mean, I love going on Instagram and seeing pictures of his shaven legs and the veins throbbing. Um, <laughs> the, I actually saw an Instagram pic of that and it said, guess who this is? And it's like, it's Ronaldo. We know. Yeah, right. Um, it's not Sorrentino. <laughs> I'd say, though, he is getting more and more involved. And, uh, you know, Ronnie, Ronnie from the Jersey Shore, he's jacked and tan. Uh, he's involved in all the action. Uh, he hit the crossbar this time. And uh, he's, you know, he, I think he's still in his form and he can still score a ton of goals. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and predict over 20 goals this season just, just so he can get his feet wet in Serie A. Uh, but again, you know, Juventus just really has such a deep squad. And uh, when you see players like Mandzukic coming in, uh, you know, scoring, you know, two games in a row, uh, and then, you know, this guy, Pjanic, he's just a footballing genius. It just goes to show uh, this is the team that everybody is going to be chasing the entire season, uh, Ronaldo or not. Uh, but he will perform because that's what he does. Yeah. He's keeping it together, but I I feel like it's right under the underneath the surface there, Marco. That uh, the goals aren't coming and other people are scoring. He's embracing them and celebrating that with Juve, but uh, I just don't think that's in his nature. Like if he's not scoring, if he's not the center of attention, I think it's right there. So that narrative will continue to play out all season long. Again, Juve is a team first mentality, but uh, I don't know. The goals just aren't coming for uh, Ronnie. <laughs> That's right, Ronnie from the Jersey Shore. 
Yeah, you knew I was going to like that one a little bit, even though I can't stand that show. But I, uh, I can feel you smiling through uh, S- Skype here. It's fairly, uh, I can. It's it's a weird sensation. Um, forget about it. <laughs> sloppy first two games from OTFR. You know, really biggest announcement. You know, was the that Milinkovic Savic was likely going to be staying this season. Uh, it's a major boost for the team, who's added a few players uh, as well. But uh, you know, realistically. This is a team that's going to be fighting for Europa, maybe uh, just knocking on the door of, of Champions League if they're able to get it together. But again, a team that has some, some decent depth and uh, the squad to kind of be a pest for, for most of the bigger teams uh, in Serie A. That's what they were this game. But again, maybe it's just the mid, you know, the first couple games are a little sloppy and giving away the ball. I understand uh, how that could be. But. Uh, they need to get better, uh, you know, especially in the next couple weeks here. Lots to complain about for OTFR internally and externally. I don't know if you saw, there was that whole uh, Lotito complaining about Inzaghi. Somebody got it. Uh, everyone has their phones out now. A private conversation between coach and uh, team owner. Lotito saying, Inzaghi, you're always complaining, always. We were kind of saying that last week on the podcast. That's just kind of what they're known for for the past two seasons, so... We'll see if OTFR can right the ship. But then uh, they've had two tough games to start off the season. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. With that, that finishes our first Champions League game. We got another game of the week in this one, Marco. Napoli and Milan. Thriller down in Naples. Finished 3-2 in Napoli's favor. And the main story has got to be the old memories coming out all over the San Paolo especially when Napoli gets the stunning comfort-behind victory over Milan. First memory I'm talking about is Ancelotti and Gattuso. This is former coach, former player getting together now as the two coaches out on the field. And uh, Ancelotti looking like the old ball coach out there meeting his former, former pupil. He called it an emotional night. And once the game starts, boy, did it get emotional because Gattuso... He's just a wild man on the sidelines. He's in all black, open collar, looking more like a character on The Sopranos sitting out of Satrial's pork store. But I do absolutely love the passion he brings. If I was a Milanista, I know there's, I, I saw today on Twitter, there's, there's some people talking about, like, is it time for him to go? I don't know, guys. You got a legend at the, on your bench and uh, clearly cares about the project. I think uh, you got to give him some space here. Um, it's only it's only week two. Even in the Serie A, it's only week two. And you know, Ancelotti got some real decent results. Um, I'm sorry, Gattuso got some decent results when he was uh, at Milan last year, and the situation was a little bit hectic with the whole ownership ordeal. Um, you know, they bring in Iguain and Caldara. They steady the ship a little bit, and uh, things are generally positive uh, in in the red and black side of Milan. And what a goal by Beneventura as well. Yep. Well, you mentioned Marco Higuain. So uh, that's yet another old memory here coming in. You've got uh, the man who left Naples two seasons ago because the owner, ADL, De Laurentiis, called him fat. And now he's going to return to Napoli in new colors. He goes from Bianconeri, white and black, to Rossoneri, red and black. And still hated by the Curva San Paolo. And they made him hear it throughout this game with nothing but whistles. The big moment for me, he gets the ball inside the 18 and the dying numbers of the game. 
and basically kicks the ball up into ADL's luxury skybox. And Napoli wins this game, not not just the game, but just kind of, I think, the, the mental battle, the narrative of, you know, Iguain not making a difference in this game. Uh, they, they really won. And and the final one that I got to mention is Mertens and uh, Insigne. When the super subs come on and these two get together, man, uh, it's just... It, it's just the when they play together it's why soccer is called the beautiful game it's so fun to watch it was why i loved covering them last year uh when they made their uh their run for the scudetto they're just great a tandem team to to uh, watch they're really fun uh down there in naples i can't believe that merton's coming off the bench again you know this is kind of reminiscent on a couple seasons ago when he seemed to come on the off the bench and score mad goals is dropping them in like it ain't nothing I mean, this is the Ant Army, though, man. You can't, you know, new coach, but you can't stop the, uh, you know, the machine that is these little mini minis running around. And, uh, you know, I just love the way they play, tiki-taka. And uh, just every time they score, it just seems like uh, it's like a jaw-dropping play. Uh, So it's just all around, just beautiful stuff. I can't wait to see how Napoli progresses through the season with Ancelotti at the helm. Yeah, I think uh, they're they're really going to make a run at uh, the Scudetto again. They're definitely going to be up top, and uh, if they can get that one-two punch going again, you know, they're really going to make a good run. I'm also excited to see Ancelotti's weight fluctuate throughout the season because I, I, <laughs> I read his his uh, his memoir years back. Um, I think it was like I prefer the cup, preferisco la goppa, and uh, he just talked about how he loves eating. And I mean, in Naples, you know, he's gonna be down in some pizza, uh, and so I'm I'm ready to see Mr. Ancelotti swell up a little bit as the season goes on. Yeah, back at home, man. Hey, if we were the down in Naples all season, we'd probably gain a few pounds as well. Oh so. yeah, <laughs> we will keep an eye out on that for sure. The next game we got, Marcos, Roma and Atalanta. This was the Monday game, and it finished three-three with Roma. The team missing an identity, while Atalanta is the complete opposite. You got this one as well? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was a straight shoot-off. 25 shots from Roman, 23 shots from Atalanta. Thank you, ESPN, for putting those high, those stats up there. Uh, like I said, very user-friendly. There's my little plug for ESPN. Uh, but Kevin Strootman, La Lavatrice, uh, you know, going to Marseille, the news breaking this weekend and it final, finalizing through these days, I think this is kind of indicative of, uh, of Roma's game right now, just lacking consistency in the side. And you take out another gladiator, it's a real dagger to the fans. Um, you know, honestly, just leaving the young to fend for themselves. I saw you started with Cristante and Pellegrini uh, with De Rossi flat in the middle. And... Honestly, you know, it's going to be tough for Roma to get any momentum here, uh, switching up all these players year in, year out. Um, but, you know, it's this Monchi magic, and I do believe in, in his uh, methodology. It's just so sad that, you know, he, he's putting the axe to Nangolan and Strutman. These were like my favorite players in these last couple of years outside of the Romans. Yeah, man, the heartbeat of the club. And uh, I, I do keep referring back to, uh, you know, this is. Monchi uh, Moneyball, uh, just with sabermetrics, and we're going to sell high and buy low. You know, that's what we're going to do. And so this team, it's outside the transfer market, which just makes it sting a little bit more, I feel like, at least our transfer market. So, 
you know, another punch to the gut. We've we've lost the core of our team and, and really the field. That this one stings. Every time we lose a big name, uh, it stings. I think it hurts a little bit more too. That doesn't seem like Strootman wanted to go. Uh, oh my God! But, Did you see yeah. that video today? Which one? He had like five videos up oh on social media. Lord, yeah. this guy. I was I was weeping at my desk when I was watching mm-hmm. that man. Unbelievable. Yep. yep. But speaking of weeping, man, uh, or or rather whooping, did you see EDF after Manolas scored his third goal, which seemed like a deja vu of Barcelona, except, oh yeah, they're playing Atalanta B. EDF just punching the glass in the on the bench, and apparently he like broke his finger. Uh, lots of emotions coming out of Roma, and if you look at Kostas Manolas' face, have you seen a more expressive face in the Serie A, honestly? <laughs> no, he is. He is a uh, face for Instagram. I think you got that right. He'll, dude, that is hilarious, man. When I, every time I see that man's reactions, it cracks me up when he's pissed, when he's happy. Oh, man, it's, it's great stuff. Um, but like I said, they, they really 3-3 against Atalanta B. This is a team that, that unlike Roma right now, I, I think they really are well in tune with their identity. Uh, you know, Papu Gomez, who probably could have left the team a couple years ago, um, he is the leader of the team, and he's not even in this game. Um, this team is actually throwing their chips into Europa League. Uh, I think that's why they rested their team. Uh, and again, they come out and they say, hey, you know, if we lose to Roma, uh, probably not that big of a deal. We're throwing out our B squad. We want to be you know, ready for uh, Europa League on Thursday. And uh, if we get a win, hey, we got some good, strong, young players, and this is great experience. So they know who they are. And uh, I think that Atalanta is going to be really benefiting from this sort of you know, game that g- gains experience for the younger players. And uh, I just think that they're going to be another team to be look f- looking forward to, to seeing in Europa League and, and in the league this year. Yeah, if if I'm an Atalanta fan, I I know it stings that you lost to three uh, uh, up three goals. Well, I guess up two goals, um, but it didn't feel that way. I, I feel like Roma's very lucky to get a point out of this, given how this game went. And I think Atalanta, like, hey, we we drew Roma, and we're and we're gonna try to do big things in Europa. I think if you're a fan of uh, La Dea, yeah, you're having a pretty good week. You're looking forward to Europa. We'll see how it goes. All right, so that game is uh, coming up later on the week. Roma actually also has a Friday game in the league. We play Milan, so short week for the club. Uh, we will see uh, in, in two big games with Atalanta and Milan in the same week. So see how that goes. Up next, we've got Inter and Torino. This one finished another draw, 2-2. Inter are the paper contenders. We won't call them champions yet because they haven't won anything, but... On paper, they look good to challenge the Scudetto. We've been talking them up all summer. We really thought they'd be the the team to beat. But it just hasn't happened yet on the field. Turn first our attention to uh, Spalletti. Read a quote from him. He's perplexed by Inter's lackluster start. It's a good way to describe how Inter lost the lead in this one, too. You got Inter goal scorers with Perisic and Tad's favorite, De Vrij, serious about success, taking care of business with first two half goals. But then they lose it, Marco, and you got Torino storming back that had two goals that just kind of felt off. Handanovic misjudged one of them, and it was just that kind of game. Like, wow, that went in, you know? And uh, Torino, they've got two tough games back-to-back here with Roma and Inter. 
what do you think? Uh, this is just a tough draw for them, and uh, maybe they could have done better or punching above their weight so far? Well, I mean, Torino has been playing well. Uh, they played well against Rome in the first game, uh, and they have some players. I mean, Falke, every time I see that guy play, he seems like he's stronger and stronger. They take Yaich off the bench this game, and you know he can add a spark. Uh, Bellotti looks like he's kind of up to his old ways. Did you see Bellotti's goal, by the way, the, with the ball from Falke? I mean, that thing was pitcher perfect. It just goes to show uh, that this team has a little bit of, of depth uh, in their squad. Uh, and again, Inter trying to figure themselves out right now. They got a ton of new new players, new faces. I know they have the same coach, and uh, Mr. Spalletti's a little cray-cray, but... I really think that once everything starts gelling, this Inter team is the paper contender because they have probably the second strongest lineup in Serie A right now. Uh, outside of Napoli's, uh, you know, front five, their you know their their team is more complete. I think probably all around. Yeah, but Tad Tad and I were joking last week on just how I think all Serie A fan bases go through this, but just you get one bad result. Inter had it last week, starting off the season with Sassuolo with a one nothing loss, and it's just hanging up. We're over. It's on. It's done with. That I gotta feel. Uh, if you're an Interista right now, you cannot be happy with losing a lead to Torino, and uh, not hitting the panic button yet, but definitely you know screaming what WTF to uh, anyone who will listen. Uh, don't know where your season is going. Uh, and also very different from last year when they took off, and I think they were the the last undefeated major team in in all of Europe last year. Not start, starting off as hot this year. Well, you know, maybe that's going to be good for them because instead of having a midseason slog, they just get it out of the way in the beginning. <laughs> also, a Serie A fan base perspective: we're going to go through a slump. Might as well get it over with as soon as we start the season. <laughs> Unless you're Golden State Juve. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're Juve. Yep. All right. Well, that takes care of the uh, Champions League spots. We're going to take uh, Europa League spots going coming up next. Up first in Europa, Marco, we've got Fiorentina and Kievo. This finished with a football score. 6-1 to one in Fiorentina's favor. Fiorentina's last year's joker in the deck running rampant against the geriatric donkeys. Go ahead. I'll tell you what, man. Fiorentina's my 18-19 surprise team this year. Of the five players who scored, the oldest was 23 years old, Benassi, Marco, DJ Marco Benassi, and he scored two goals. Uh, so maybe that's, you know, they since he was the older guy, he decided to grab an extra one. Uh, but, you know, over the transfer window, they kept uh, rich faith in the church, Federico Chiesa. Uh, and they also kept Simeone, um, who was probably listening to his dad, um, who was saying, you know, be humble, keep, keep your head down. Uh, just got called to the national team. He scores another goal, 14 goals last season. Again, lots of youth in this team. They got a little bit younger over the transfer window. And you just got to love that they're coming out of a end-of-the-season-last-year confidence booster, honestly, after the whole Astorio ordeal. They've just kind of been running wild. And I love a good young team in Serie A with some superstars on the way. Uh, Chiesa and Simeone really look to be part of the new wave, uh, next generation of players in Serie A that 
can really make a difference. Uh, and so this is my surprise team of the year um, for City A. Yeah, I liked uh, over on SB Nation, Viola Nation, uh, they had a, a great quote uh, on this one. Uh, they <laughs> they just said they had so much fun watching this one, they're just going to go to lunch and giggle uncontrollably for a few hours because it was just goal after goal. I thought it was cool that Simeone's dad was actually in the stadium on this one. Uh, so cool to see a big coach like that. But Fiorentina, man, yeah, it's uh, a young and exciting team. That's what you hope for. If we can get another Atalanta-type team in the league, that would be great. Very happy for uh, Viola Nation over there and Tito. I'll tell you what, man, you can laugh and laugh, but you got to respect your elders, you know? Uh, this <laughs> this team of youngsters, uh, they did take on a not-so-old donkeys, and I would say that their average age probably dropped by 30 years with Sorrentino being on the bench. Yeah. Uh, but look... You know, Jack Chiarini, who played very well last week uh, against Juventus, did not have the same impact this week. Uh, it's kind of the same old story for uh, the the old donks, and uh, we'll see where they end up. Uh, maybe they're back to being a tenth place team. Uh, maybe they'll be fighting for relegation again, but I don't I don't think they will be uh, challenging for Europa League spots. Uh, even though we have them, we're talking about them right now in this in this slot. Yeah, no, this is more for Fiorentina. It's uh, interesting to me how they, they went pretty hard against Juventus and Ronaldo last, last week and uh, put up a good fight. And then one week later, it's just as if none of that mattered, none of that happened. So I don't know if it's the Ronaldo effect with that in your building, with all the energy and the hype, but uh, they did not show up for this game. And uh, Fiorentina basically put a touchdown on them. Up next, Marco, we've got Cagliari, my favorite word, and Sassuolo. This one finished 2-2 with Sassuolo, leaving it to the dying moments of the game for Big Bang Botang. I like that one, to score the PK. All the big dogs coming out to play in this one with the 2-2 draw. Absolutely, and Berardi and Botang, I call them the princes of Sassuolo. Uh, the Mape prince uh, is Berardi and then Prince Botang. I mean, this whole team right now is the triple X Cinderella because they got some sexy guys up top. Uh, but three years ago, they, they had an amazing run into the Europa League. Uh, last two, two and a half seasons, really, I mean, they've, been, they've left a lot wanting. Um, they start the season off pretty, pretty well here. I mean, obviously, they beat uh, Inter in the first game. That was huge. Uh, this game, they get the tie in the last minute with a PK against a Cagliari side that really just has Pavon, uh, Pavoletti to, to brag about. Uh, Pavogol scores two goals. And it's just nice to see all the, uh, all the big names for these smaller clubs stepping up to the plate. So Pavoletti, Berardi, and Boateng, all three scoring goals. That's what we like to see. Yep, we'll see if uh, Sassuolo sticking around. Certainly a different result, uh, beating Inter one week and then drawing Cagliari the next. Um, but let's see, Berardi's back on the score sheet, man. That's that's definitely a good sign. Oh, yeah, for sure. And this is a guy that we were looking for uh, as a potential transfer rumor for uh, Roma. And uh, honestly, the last two seasons, he's been a little bit uh, a ghost of himself, but he's still young. And if he starts scoring goals two go two games in a row, um, you know we could really see his stock jack up by uh, the the winter transfer window. All right, 
Up next, we've got Udinese and Sampdoria. This one finished 1-0 in Udinese's favor. Rodrigo de Paul's early goal is enough to sink Samp. We're going to start, though, with Udinese. They are fresh off the thrilling comeback draw with Parma. And their coach, Il Mister, Julio Velasquez, trying to find the balance in this one after that exciting game last week to start off the season. The most interesting thing for me on this one, though, Marco, we're dealing with blasphemy. Apparently, one of the TV crews caught Rolando Mandragora saying blasphemy and that he could receive a Syria ban because of the TV evidence for what he said. I haven't found more on this article, but uh, apparently he could legitimately be fined and banned uh, for saying a phrase. I'm still trying to find out what he said, but um, I had to kick this question, man. If you were to say anything blasphemous about the Serie A, what do you think you would uh, say, and would it get you banned? Oh, man, I don't know. I'm not the right person to ask here. That, that's what made me think. Like, who's dropping blasphemy bans? Is this like the Pope going to come in and say, no, we can't have this in the Italian Calcio League. Uh, you're going to have to sit out a few games. Who is talking about blasphemy in 2018? What What is this? And some of the things that Italians say, man, I can't even, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. and when it, it's not, like when an Italian swears, it's not as much as a curse word of, as more of just a creative uh, slur of, or phrase. And uh, a lot of the time, man, they say some pretty... Well, I'm not going to generalize here, but I, I do agree that bl- putting blasphemy bans, you might as well just shut down the league for a couple for a couple weeks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so let us all pray for uh, Rolando Mandragora here that whatever he said either wasn't caught on tape or uh, he gets a light ban for blasphemy, but had to tell that story, man. The other side of the ball, a little bit of somber note, Sampdoria, this is their first game back since the bridge tragedy. Uh, I'm sure everyone saw, we'll talk about this uh, with Jenna as well, everyone wearing the bridge shirts and uh, um, uh, having a moment of silence before the games again. Um, so definitely feel for Sampdoria in their native Genoa uh, reeling from that tragedy. In this game, kind of felt like an opening season for them. Uh, they had a lot of rust, a lot of jitters, probably a lot of stress from the tragedy. So they're still needing to shape up in this one, but uh, let's be honest, it's understandable uh, given what they've gone through. With that, Marco, we're going to go to what we're dubbing the relegation zone, at least for week two. These are the teams that fit. (laughs) Uh, Up first is Frosinone taking on Bologna, and it finished 0-0. Please make this entertaining. (laughs) I'll try to make it entertaining. The newcomers, (laughs) Frosinone and Team Meat Sauce, they battle that out in the game of the WEAK week. It is the game of the week, the game of the snooze. Uh, only thing interesting here is the dynamic of uh, Inzaghi, right? He's he's a new coach to the league, and uh, he's going to be working his way up until this uh, big OTFR match when going up against his brother. But that's right, Derby D Inzaghi. Let's see if Inzaghi can get Destro back uh, to his old scoring ways. He's got old Trenchfoot's Korupski in goal to keep a few clean sheets. He got his first one this time around, but 0-0, man, this one was a snooze fest. Let's not spend too much time. I'm just really glad you didn't put this game last because uh, that would be ending on a very somber note. Yeah, we put it in the relegation zone. We'll leave it there. Um, Frozenone, the Canaries, the Canarini, uh, still not out of the coal mine. So 0-0 in that one. We move on to Spal versus Parma. 
This one finished one nothing. Spall, who were dubbing the Giant Killers, remained perfect. Spall continued to surprise and impress with another amazing goal and a second win on the season. They beat Bologna just last week. I gotta say, Parma, this was the first time I got to watch him in those beautiful black kits. I, I'm gotta be honest, between them and Napoli, the the Napoli's black kits, they are really, really nice. Uh, the two jerseys that I would consider buying. Uh, that don't say Roma on the front. But despite those black kits, not enough to knock off Antonucci's goal of the week candidate, a volley from like 16 yards out. It was beautiful. And that's what you you got with Spall, man. Uh, just the bomber pilots of Patania, Antonucci, those beautiful menacing beards. One, it, it was impressive. It, it was uh, a, a good goal. And uh, to throw a little extra in it, Richard Whittle had the call. I felt bad for him a little bit, Marco, because the uh, the energy in this uh, stadium was not exactly where you wanted it to be. Um, but he did the best he could, uh, our main man, Richard Whittle, there. Well, when you're pissing passes left and right, I mean, uh, what else do you expect? And this, the game was a little sloppy for sure. I'll yeah. say what, though. Uh, the great wall of Spall, uh, uh, the, the goalie, uh, our man Gomez, uh, so far, off to a pretty good start here. Spall is the only team that hasn't had a goal scored against them. Uh, you know, coming up to the next match here against Torino, let's see if they can make it three. It's pretty exciting to see a small team like this, kind of uh, the only team that hasn't conceded yet. Yeah, I saw we put that out on Instagram. Uh, Spall's wall, I think that one might stick. One thing that is not going to stick, Marco, is we're losing one of the beautiful beards in Boriello. He is off to Ibiza. We're just mentioning that because uh, he's a character, man. So watch out, Spain. Boriello is coming to your shores. We're going to miss him here in the Syria. Absolutely. All right. That brings us to our last game in the relegation zone, Marco. We've got Genoa and Empoli. This one finished 2-1. And it's an emotional Genoa side opening up the season. We totally understand that after the bridge tragedy. Uh, And they do it. They take down the Serie A veteran and newcomers, Empoli. Marco, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Genoa spent the last three seasons saving themselves, and Ballardini needs to step up his game if he wants to retain. If he doesn't want uh, Genoa to retain the Coup of America title, OTF Genoa, other team from Genoa. Uh, they really need to step it up. Uh, re- you know, you, you touched on it briefly, but you know, Genoa fans silent for the first 43 minutes of the match because of the 43 victims. Really touching moment here. And, uh, you know, they get, the, they get the job done against Empoli team. So that's, you know, you're happy for the city getting that victory. Um, but overall, you know, Genoa just needs to improve their, their game. And then Empoli, man, I hope they're not just bringing it back to two seasons ago because they were true snoozers. Uh, and this time they don't have Big Mac. Yeah, the uh, the only thing I mentioned, uh, Empoli is still just this bitter taste in our mouth that we can't shake. But uh, did you see on ESPN, they did a, um, a special uh, spotlight on them. Their coach uh, spent 12 years at uh, Roma, Andrea Zoli, and uh, it was pretty cool. He went over kind of all the big names of Rome uh, that he worked with over the past 12 years. So if you haven't checked that out yet, uh, ESPN uh, Plus, uh, there's a section on Empoli there that for a team we we just can't get excited about, uh, there was some connection to Roma, which got me a little excited. 
Uh, also, they nicknamed him Grandpa. So uh, apparently, he's the <laughs> oldest coach in uh, in the league. So uh, just Empoli, boy, if it doesn't uh, instill fear in everyone's hearts, they they call their coach Grandpa. So uh, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> he could be playing for Chievo Verona. Yeah, exactly. As a starter. Yep. Good stuff. All right, Marco. Well, I guess uh, Tad would have to be the loca- loquacious one here because uh, you and I have gone through the entire week of, of uh, week two here in the Serie A, I think in record time. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. I have time to, to edit the podcast and eat tonight. All right. So looking forward to week three, Marco. Uh, we got Milan and Roma. That's near to our hearts. That's a Friday game, so we'll be ha- having to catch the replay on that one. Um, but we've also got Torino and Spall on Sunday. Look forward to that a little bit. And uh, Speak for know. yourself, man. I, uh, I'm going to round up the troops for this one. We'll see if we can, uh, if we can sort something out. How's the Roma club going down in, uh, in Charlotte? We need a big game. Uh, I'm starting to think that it might be the Derby where we get everyone together. There are a lot of Juventus fans down here in the Queen City, from what I gather. But uh, we will find some Romanisti and uh, get together to watch the games. I do miss uh, Roma Club DC. Love seeing all the clubs on social media. Roma Club Philly, New York, um, DC. You guys are great. I uh, love, love the fact that people are getting together no matter your team, getting together to watch your games, it makes uh, the Serie A that much more fun. So with that, Marco, we wish everyone uh, the last few tastes of summer on this Labor Day weekend. We hope you get to enjoy it, get down to the shore, do whatever you're going to do. Until next week when we're covering Serie A again, Marco, we say... Ciao. Ciao. Arrivederci. Ciao.